Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. The message was about meeting Christ this Christmas. And then I had to scratch off the bit about Christmas because even though we're in that season, this message is about you encountering Jesus again. And even as I've studied, thank you, jet lag, you've been really helpful. Travel lag, there's only a few hour difference. Uh, As I've been studying, as I've been asking, inquiring of the Lord, what is the message to bring to the church at Revival Fires today? I believe that there's a, a moment, a miracle moment coming where however you've come in, whatever baggage you are carrying, whatever's going on, there is a God who can change your situation around. Did you hear me? <laughs> oh, that's all right then. <laughs> Amen. So I'm going to use the story of the wise man. I'm allowed, aren't I, at this time of year? I wanted to use the story of Anna and Simeon because, you know, Anna being my name and all. But um, I really feel that there is something about these men, these wise men who have gone diligently to search out a king. What is it you are waiting for and how will you know you found it? There's so much that we can find in the life of these I'm going to call them the three kings, because isn't that what they have on the nativity? Not referred to here um, about three kings, though. Just referred to as wise men. A caravan of them. Not like a literal caravan. But you know when you've seen migrants who are traveling across distant parts, hundreds and hundreds of them, taking their camels, taking their gifts, taking things, taking their possessions on search for, well, in our land now, new life. But in this time, they were searching for a Messiah. I'm so reminded as I've been reading this story, and I'll come to read you a good portion of scripture just now. I'm so reminded that in this season, um, which some people call Advent, have you got your Advent calendars? Only a few of you. Is it not for adults? Or are we not chatty at the moment? Are you doing okay? Do you need... (laughs) Um, As we search for, as we open each day, each day, Advent, a different number leading up to Christmas, leading up to the 25th, I believe that just like the shepherds, the wise men, Anna, Simeon, all of them who were waiting in the um, New Testament, at the beginning of the books, the Gospels, they were waiting for their Savior. Sorry, they were started all the way back in Old Testament. I'll tell you some prophecies. They were waiting for a Savior. Just as we are waiting in that period to celebrate Christmas and waiting for Christ's return, there's that preparation time where we're being prepared. It's not just about slipping open um, the door of our calendar or sneaking out the 24th chocolate ahead of time, but what it is is our hearts are being prepared to encounter Jesus. And I have such a faith this morning that I know Hannah's brought the word on a month of miracles, but what are you waiting for and how will you know you found it? I believe that there are miracles taking place even now this morning. I had a really um, 
as two dreams I've had, and my preaching might be different. The only reason is I wanted to be really obedient to God, and so I'm just going to, you know how I love studying, and I love getting all the backstory of the wise men? I've got that. But God just said, could you listen, Anna? And I said, yes, God, of course I can. So I want to share to you something that's happening in the, in the spirit right now, and it takes faith and boldness to do this, so let me go for it. I sense that there are those of you who are either in a cave, and we'll come to the reason why, or you are wearing a crown of thorns. You're either in a hidden place, and it's not the hidden place in God, but there is a hiding where there is turmoil, or you are wearing the crown of thorns, the, the pain, the turmoil, the distress, the dissatisfaction with life, the things that are swirling and being distracted, or you're being out in a hidden place where things don't look good right now. I'll explain to you how there's a different crown to wear, a victorious crown, and there is a cave that had the stone rolled away where resurrection life reigns again. Friends, I believe that whatever place you are in, whatever state of your mind, your spirit, your health, your physical state, And church, we stand with you. There are many right now who are going through awaiting diagnosis, awaiting treatment, awaiting miracles, awaiting resurrection life in your bodies. And we truly stand knowing that God, what he has promised, what he has begun, your life, he will complete. And I'm totally full of faith with this. And our leadership team is full of faith that what God has begun, he will complete. Let's jump into the word. Here are some wise men. They're awaiting a savior. Matthew 2. Now after this, sorry. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem was with him. They assembled, and all the chief priests and scribes, and he inquired of the wise men, Where is the Christ to be born? They told him, in Bethlehem, Judea, for it's written by the prophets. And this is just one of the prophecies prophesying Jesus' birth. And you, Bethlehem, the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Herod summoned the wise men secretly. He ascertained from them where the star began, where it had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem on his own mission. He said, go, search diligently for the child, and when you find him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly and with great joy. Going into the house, which I'll call a cave later on, I'll tell you why. They saw the child with, his, with Mary, his mother. They fell down. They worshipped him. They opened their treasures and gave gifts of gold, of frankincense, and of myrrh, being warned in a dream. They were not to return to Herod. They departed to their own country by another route. 
These men, these wise men were awaiting a saviour and they saw a star. In the darkness where there was dark, dark, darkness, there rose a glorious light. The darkness that you may be going through or that you're holding the hand of somebody to lead them through their darkness to shine a glorious light of the glorious one, the shining one, Jesus, arose a glorious light. Let's always remember that we will find him if we search diligently for him. You know, um, I'll jump on that part, but just keep searching. (laughs) Don't give up. When it seems too dark for you, reach out to the hand of somebody else. They, somebody in church, maybe it's in your life group, maybe it's one of the, your good friends here in church. Hold on to somebody who's found the light or be someone who brings light to others, shining the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now Herod, let's think about Herod. He was always the bad guy in the nativities. He's the bad guy right here, isn't he? You know, they always chose the... I've sat through a lot of nativity plays in my lifetime, which is a good thing. Um, And a fun thing, they always chose the meanest-looking kid to represent Herod, which was the right thing. But what happened is Herod didn't actually know anything about what God was doing. He was in the dark, and he could only learn and inquire by those who were actually seeking And what we can do so often is we can keep others in the dark and we can't reveal the truth. But I feel there is something happening. There's a shift. And this isn't now in relation to Herod's. This is in relation to what we do. Instead of staying in the dark places, staying in cave places, I believe that there is a time and a season, which is now the month of miracles. I could say that a lot. Uh, It's a time and a season to step in to the glorious light. So where other people are inquiring of you, be one like the wise man who seeks diligently and inquires of the Lord. Over conference a couple of weeks ago, we heard about reading our word and um, reading the Bible and spending time in his presence. Church, I encourage you to devour your Bibles. Eat them, like literally, physically, spiritually, eat them. Eat those pages. Find the words coming to life. I love it when uh, those of you say, what is it? Oh, where's Nick? He said to me at Life Group the other week, he went, Anna, what study are you doing? And I said, which one are you doing right now? And he was telling me about a study he's doing in Ephesians. Where are you, Nick? You're at the back there. And he was telling me how many times this one word was repeated. Find the, the words, find the life, find the light of the gospel in the books of the Bible. And if one of them's too much, turn the page and start on the next one. Just keep reading, keep finding the light of the gospel coming alive in you. Inquire diligently of the Lord. Inquire of him the questions you are seeking answers for and you will know when you found him. So even though Herod was a threat, God sent forth the supernatural sign, a star. They don't know if it was a comet. They don't know if it was a supernova. You might not know that I'm kind of interested in stars. Have I told you that before? Like the stars in the sky, not astrology, like the reading thing. I saw Mars and Jupiter the other night. That's pretty, that's pretty good in Zimbabwe. I was like looking out every single night. It was dark. It was so dark. And there was cloud. And I just said, oh, one night in Africa, I'd love to see which shape the moon is. It's on its side. It's not like our moon. That's interesting, isn't it? And the second thing was that I saw this beautiful pink star. 
And I said, what's that one? And they got out their app and they went, oh, that's Mars. And I was like, that I'd be here and be able to see Mars tonight. Anyway, there's a random fact about me that I like looking up in night skies. <laughs> you didn't expect it, did you? But the pink thing, you saw that. And then there was Jupiter over by the moon. What am I saying? That there are things hidden in places that you will find. There was a hidden star. What was it? How did it get there? Was it there forever? You can do these kind of studies, but it's of no consequence right now. What we need to know is that God put a supernatural sign in the sky for wise people to follow, which rested over the place that Jesus was born. All of that hassle, hustle, all of that busyness where Mary was on that donkey, oh, having three children, sitting on a donkey at that kind of term. Ooh, that would have been quite a something for her journey, wouldn't it? But what happens is then the hustle, the bustle, and the star rested over the place where Jesus was born. Is your life busy? Is there distractions? Is there too much going on? I'm not just talking about going up to Merry Hill and the busy of that kind of thing. But what about the, the everyday inner chatter? What about the inner thought lives? I had a dream just recently, and the wise men had a dream too, didn't they? To go back by another route. The dream I had was that there was distraction upon distraction. There was a message that was to be spoken, but there was people coming up and tapping and knocking doors and, and doing all kinds of things. And there was this swirling atmosphere of question marks and thoughts and just not really knowing what, what was going on until a word was released. There was more to it, but that's all there is for now. Friend, if you're having a mind full of the swirling, busy, you can reach out to Jesus even now. And you can ask that just like when the star rested above the place where Jesus was born, Jesus is alive in you. He rests within you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're an earthen vessel. You are the home, the dwelling place of the Lord. So you can reach out and say, Lord, let your spirit rest here within all the busy, within all the thoughts and anything else that's causing fullness in your mind. Take in the breath of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach of heaven, as he breathes upon you, causing everything else to be still so that you can experience the fullness of what God has. No more distraction, no more discomfort, total peace and well-being. I have a verse on that. It's 2 Timothy 1.7. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice, but he has given us a spirit of power, of love, of calm, and in one version it says, of well-balanced mind, of discipline and of self-control. In all the seeking, in all the searching, the kings knew what they were looking for. The wise men knew what they were looking for. Do you know what you're looking for? Do you know when you'll find it? 
Friend, what is it you are seeking? Is it clarity from the Lord about your next steps? Is it clarity about relationships? Is it clarity about jobs and future? Is it clarity about finance? What is it that you are seeking that the Lord can bring rest over your mind so that you can step into the glorious light that God has for you? And then... The wise man experienced exceedingly great joy. Why? Because they found him. They found what their hearts were longing for. Throughout the scriptures, and this is in one of the studies, I might release it as a Facebook post or like a 5,000 word essay. I kind of got too much today, sorry. Um, These wise men, as they were seeking and looking, they were reminded of the prophetic words that began in the beginning of the Bible. They knew the word about the promised Messiah. Do you know the word about your life? You know, in Luke 4, where um, Jesus is in the temple and he's about to preach, and he's about to speak and unroll the scroll, the portion of that day. He unrolls the scroll and reads out Isaiah 61 over his own life. For the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the good news, uh, recovery of sight to the blind, and uh, to set the captives free. Sorry, my paraphrasing. He unrolls the scroll in Luke 4 and reads Isaiah 61 word for word. Jesus knew what it was to know the prophecies over his own life. What prophecies have been spoken over your life? When I was preparing for this, I saw you, each, each one of you, there was loads of you, going back to the shelves for the, or going through your phones. I saw both, the way you were scrolling through your phone to enroll the scroll about your life, or going up to um, the journals about what you have written, of what God has promised that has not yet been fulfilled. And I believe today there is a faith for you to go back over the unfulfilled words because there is a time where God is fulfilling what he has promised. It will not be too slow, for God is always on time. But there is an unrolling of the scroll of your life so that you can step into the promise that God has for you in this season, in this month of miracles. So as the wise men awaiting a saviour found the saviour, they then fell in worship, opening their treasure chests. We've seen in the nativities or on Christmas cards the treasure chests are pretty tiny. But when I looked it up, it was the size of a casket. You know that was... Well, I'm a shorty, taller than me, (laughs) bigger than me, (laughs) a casket, a huge treasure trove of gifts that they knelt down to fulfill the word in Philippians 2. This is what God did when he sent his son. He sent um, his son, Jesus Christ, who was in the form of God. He didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself out, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, being found in human form. 
He humbled himself by being obedient even until the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted Jesus, bestowing on him the name that's above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." For every knee to bow. Sometimes ones and twos of us bow our knees in worship. Sometimes whether we're at home and having our devotions, we bow our knee in worship. But there is a time coming when everyone, everywhere will bow their knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's a type and shadow. These wise men have come and they have fallen on their knees. They've fallen down. No human wisdom, no earthly things could compare to the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, I believe that there's an encounter waiting for you with the Lord Jesus, where his greatness, his beauty, his radiance, his glory, his presence is changing atmospheres, is changing your heart, is changing the course and the trajectory of your life as you encounter him. And yes, it might, like, might look like falling down, but to these wise men who knew it all, they also could bow the knee. Take the knee before the Lord Jesus. And I believe that as these wise men followed the sign, they had so many opportunities for dream stealers to come alongside them, for people to come along and to kill the... We see that later on when Herod sets out that every boy less than two years must be destroyed. You know, to kill, to steal and destroy are the only tactics of the enemy. Friend, what dream seed is being tried to be taken out of your life? Maybe it's a battle for your health. Maybe it's a battle for a relationship. Maybe it's a battle for you, clarity in your mind. I believe that God is coming. Like John 10.10, 10, Jesus comes. I think this, I know it's a scripture, is about abundant life. He comes with abundant life in abundance. So wherever there's any element of killing, stealing, and destroying, where places are looking destructed in your life, the Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is coming to rebuild and renew and make all things new in your life. As a sense of Holy Spirit's power and presence this morning, do you feel that? There's so much that he wants to do in your life. I'm just going to take my jacket off. I finally warmed up. If you know me well, I'll always tell you if I'm warm or cold. It's in Genesis 28, in seed time and harvest, hot or cold. So I'll always keep you, keep you up to date. Um, so these men were following a star, a supernatural sign. There's something here I want to bring in about what you're following and what you're allowing into your minds. You know, there is a divine exchange. I talked to you at the beginning about the preparations and the busyness. But as we follow the supernatural sign that the Lord has, the wise men, it was the star. What sign are you following? You know, I saw something on oh, Insta, Facebook, something a few weeks ago. And it said, if you're looking for a sign, this is it. Friend, if you're looking for a sign, if you're looking for God to do what he said he would do, and you're waiting for a sign so that he could get started on that, here's your sign. 
No more waiting. You don't need even more clarity, even more confirmation. If you've had one confirmation, you're good. (laughs) If you're looking for a sign, this is it. Those wise men took the sign, the star, and they followed and they followed. I know I'm overgoing on a point, but some of you are yet still waiting. You're yet still waiting for the clarity and for the sign to come. I put here that there's a, a divine exchange. As we follow the sign, as we follow the Lord Jesus, he does a divine exchange. Let me show you how. When, the, when Jesus was about to be crucified... He was, there was that horrible, horrible, tormenting crown of thorns upon his head. He was disfigured beyond recognition. And I know we don't talk much about how awful the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ was. But if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be here now. We wouldn't have eternal life for the rest of our lives. Jesus wouldn't have gone to hell, and he did. And that always gets me every time I think about it. He went there and he went to the pit to bring life in all of its abundance. Friend, what pit are you in? What crown of thorns is swirling around your head that the Lord has already gone there to bring you into fullness of life? Friend, if you are feeling the thorns, the pain, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, self-harming, those horrible things that just are an attack against our, our own body, as an attack against the self, I believe that there is a divine exchange that the Lord is doing. And friend, you might not be in this room, but you might be watching online. God is doing a divine exchange today. And I want to read to you from James 1. Blessed is the man and woman who remain steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. He himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he's lured or enticed after own desire. Do not be deceived, for every good and perfect gift is from the Father of lights, in whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. The verse that just stands out so much here is, when he or she has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Are you waiting for the crown of life? If you do a search, I was on... I was searching through the, the victorious crown. The, the, um, those of you who are athletic, you run a race to receive the crown. Uh, and those in uh, Paul's talking about the discipline, the physical discipline, the spiritual discipline to receive the wreath of life. There is a crown that God creates a divine exchange for. There can be nothing more supernatural than that, to have the mind of Christ, to think and to dwell in the place of rest as you host the Holy Spirit, as you host the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, as you were filled with him and make preparation for him, where there is less busy, less distraction, as you enter the perfect peace for those whose minds are stayed on him. 
as we encounter the Lord, as you encounter him, maybe this morning there's going to be a call for the divine exchange in the crown, from you receiving the crown of thorns. Maybe it's accusation others have made of you, or any, another sneaky tactic. Is accusations we make against ourselves. What inner chatter are you listening to that God is wanting to set you free from? And I believe it's today. Because if he's done it once and for all, Jesus has done it once and for all. That means one time for everyone, always, so that we can keep sharing in the glorious joy of the hope of our salvation. As we look at the position that these wise men were in, as, as we look at the way that they followed, there's something, and I shared this already, there's something about this period of time. There's something about those days as we approach Christmas, the 25th, as we count down, as we get ready, and I haven't got many stories, but I've got this little one. One of my friends asked me years ago when I had very small children, they said, do you clean your oven before Christmas? And I thought, are you meant to? Another friend asked me, do you take out your oven before Christmas? Are you meant to? (laughs) If you do that, I love you and I think that that's an awesome thing. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Yes, there are people who do it. I love that. So whatever you do to prepare for Christmas... However you prepare, whatever tradition you have to prepare, would you also make preparation for God to be at home in you? He loved the oven story. He loved me and my cleaning. I try my best, friends. I do. So what preparations are you making that are a diversion or a distraction? Return to his presence. Return to Jesus. Inquire of him. As we bow, as we worship. You know, I imagine those kings to literally be face planted to the floor. And we've known those encounter times with the Lord. Have you known that time when you've just lay? What do they say in the Bible? Lay prostrate. They were slain in the spirit. Have you known those times of encountering the spirit of God where you have literally just had to go with the flow and drop to the floor? You've known those times. Coming again with these weighty presence times. And I can say that with faith because sometimes when we've been worshipping as a team, as we've been worshipping in our staff meetings, or we've been worshipping in our life group, there's been a weighty presence of the Lord. And I know it's not just in our group. I know it's been happening across the church. So these men, they saw, they fell, and they gave When I was asking the Lord about what they saw, I saw it as sign, S, and, A, W. They saw. It was a sign and a wonder that the wise man fell at the feet of Jesus. It was also a pattern of what was to happen next. As they fell and gave all of themselves, this treasure, it said this treasure was to last for the years that Mary and Joseph would be traveling through Egypt to keep out of the way, to keep Jesus safe so that he could grow up and arrive at the temple and go missing from his mom at age 12, 13. There was a significant amount of gold that was given in these gifts. The gold can only be given to the king of kings. 
You know, when we were in Zim, they were telling us about how gold is hidden in the rocks of Zimbabwe. It's hidden across the world. You'll know this. And I was just excited to think that that's like Psalm 2. Ask of me and I will give the nations of your, as your inheritance. And yet Jesus in baby form, he's not the one we pray to. He's the one who's a representation. Jesus who is crucified, the one who shows the power. Jesus the resurrected and ascended one who is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's receiving all glory and honor. So when like the wise men we fall to our knees or we gaze upon him, we tell him how beautiful, how wonderful, how glorious, how splendid. Oh, there are not enough words that I can use right now to describe him. When we give him all of our worship, it's like us opening our hearts and giving him our gold, giving him as if it was years and years and years worth of our um, everything that we could have worked for. And then the frankincense. Let me tell you about this. We sung a song a little bit like it as well. And, oh, I have some. Or is it? I have some frankincense. I have some... Uh, but, they're, they're tiny because they're very expensive. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to see them. The, the frankincense from the bark of the tree, it only releases a scent when it's scored or it's burned. Friend, have you been in a time where it feels like you are hurting and you've had to be cut? Or it feels like there's a, a burning and a cutting back of things? That is when the beautiful fragrance of the Lord at work in your life can be released. I saw that as a, as a pattern for what God is doing. Maybe it feels like it's too far or it's too hard or there's not enough light right now. It's a bit dark. But I believe that what God is doing, like the frankincense, that your life is a sweet and glorious perfume to the Lord as you continue to inquire about him, as you continue to grow in faith, as you continue to open your heart, open the treasures of your heart for him to pour into. And then the myrrh. Oh, the myrrh again releases a fragrance when it's cut or bruised or wounded. There's a bruised reed, wasn't there, in reference to the Lord Jesus. Bruised but not yet broken. Friend, I don't know what point you're at, but I believe that the Lord is calling that brokenness into healing, even today, even now while we speak, where there is a place of resurrection life. We can't hear a testimony like Darren's friend about resurrection life and the miraculous power of the Lord Jesus without accepting that he's going to do something in our midst today. I love your faith, church. I love your faith. So what is it you're waiting for? There was a sign. There was a sign and a wonder. And there is an anointing for healing and miracles in the waiting period, whatever space you were waiting in, however long you've been waiting, I'm rocking here, however long you've been pushing in for your miracle, for your clarity, for your encounter, am I raising your faith levels this morning? Do you believe he'll do it for you? I do. <laughs> we believe that our God is 
still a God of miracles. He's still somebody, still a God who changes lives from death, from the power of death into the power of life. He's taking people from darkness into light. Yeah, but Annie, you said that about 10 minutes ago. I know, but I just don't know if it's gone from here down to your heart just yet. And God has given a very simple message for you to step into the rest of his presence, the rest of your life, your eternity with him, knowing that there is perfect peace, peace perfected, a prophetic promise. Do you need refreshing? Do you, like the children Ryan was preaching to, or Ryan got jumped on, they, he walked down after giving them the the word, and he, I said to Ryan, which, which story should we do? Should we do build your house on a solid foundation? I was like, I need a box of sand. He's like, not got that. I was like, which story are you going to do? And he's like, I'm back in Zimbabwe. Sorry, my stories jump. I changed places to try and tell you. Um, John 6, 7, you, you spoke about the bread of life. And however, however much food you don't have, or whatever you've got in this realm, it's Jesus can bring you the bread of life. As we've taken communion today, the bread of life is within us. Jesus himself, we have taken and eaten of his broken body, making us fully whole. Are you hungry? There was those children, what did we say, 410 children who received um, a delicious, nutritious drink. As we went to this other area, um, called Hondi Valley, where we went up to these plantations. It was so high. It was hundreds and hundreds, maybe hundreds of meters high above sea level. And it was so exciting to see what was happening there. And then we were asking God, like, where should we do stage two of a feeding program? Where, where, where? And we stopped on the side of the road and Ryan got out. I also got out, but I was a bit more tentative after seeing how they swarmed around him the last time. And I thought, we're going to lose him. He's going to be taken over by the, by the kids. Um, but, so Ryan went down onto the football stadium. Okay. It was just a piece of grass. It was like a park, but it's called the football stadium. And uh, he went down there, and kids were gathering. Kids were gathering, and they were. And this one boy came to me, and he lifted his shirt up, and he went, "Lady, lady, have you got food?" I was like, "We do have some food, yes." He's like, "But have you got food in the holidays? Have you got food when school is closed? Have you got food, lady? What have you got, lady?" And you know, in that moment, you didn't see him, did you? You were down with more. I just felt there was a holy hunger. And there's a holy hunger this morning. And it's not about the food that we can eat, that we can consume, that we can have our, whatever we're having for our Sunday roast, whatever we're having over this uh, next few weeks over Christmas. Even though we will make and wrap hundreds of parcels to give away to our local families. So there we had the conversation, lady, what food have you got? And I get home and I get an email from St. James's school. Are you doing hampers again? <laughs> we have a big need in our school. And I know that the council does free school meal provision through the holidays and hampers and food and all of that um, gets released, which is amazing. But their schools are writing to us at the moment and saying, it's not our free school meals, children. Or our, I can't remember what the new word for that is, FSM. What it is is our... the. The next group up, what can you provide? What can you make away? 
Jesus, we fix our eyes on you. You've asked us, we asked you for a sign. Where can we supply? What will you do? We partner with you. We give our all to you, Jesus. That also looks like us giving our tithes and our offerings, which also looks like us worshiping him, which looks like him giving us strategy, inquiring of the Lord, which then looks like the gift of Christ this Christmas being revealed. So the wise men came on their journey, and we, like them, are wise and in our business, not busyness, wise in the business that God has asked of us. Diligently inquire of him. Diligently search for the things that God is asking you to do. Of who God is asking you, you're probably sat on one, uh, who God is asking you to give away your card to. What is it, who is it you can encourage with the gift of Christ this Christmas? So we're hungry for the bread of life, but we're hungry. We're so hungry for more of his presence. We're so hungry to receive all that God has for us and to say yes to him. You know, now I'm back. (laughs) There's a few yeses that God's asking of us. There's, um, I don't know if all of you know, but Rich and Liz were really pivotal in um, the social prescribing in Dudley. What's that? Well, everybody likes to know. It is an offer where holistic care, whole person care, can be given to people in Dudley who are maybe feeling low or bereaved or grieving or all of the things that as humans we go through, the whole range of emotions until we meet the joy of the Lord. And when Rich and Liz set up this um, social prescribing in Dudley, there was a way made for people of faith to encourage the town. Right now, there's, I'm involved in this, and there's 15 um, in the listening and guidance team. And you know when you say yes to Jesus, and you say yes to the things he's asking of you, you follow the star. And I ask very often, I say to the Lord, do I keep going with this? And he says yes. I ask very often, what more can I do here, Lord? And you'll open up another door, which I believe is another way for Christians and ministry to step into their calling. And I'll say, Lord, is it, is it time? What am I to do now? And another door will open. And sometimes I sit there and I think, God, how did I get here? And do you know what I come back to is simple faith, a simple yes. And sometimes we can look at the, the, the things that God is doing and how he's opening it up and, and how, 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 how can we continue to expand. But God in his glorious way continues to pour out, to pour in, to make a way so that people can encounter the goodness of God, can encounter a self, the Lord who brings salvation. I'm doing a pouring out here. I believe that there is a continuous pouring out into your life as you have the divine exchange over your mind from the crown of thorns into the victorious crown. Now, there's one other place I just want to talk you through. We've looked at the the story of the wise men. It's not another character. It's a place. And it's around the cave. I was thinking of asking if I could get a box that looked like a stable, and then I reviewed it, and it didn't look like it was a shed. So anyway, I couldn't, couldn't get you a prop today. So imagine a cave. 
Imagine the second layer of the cave. The reason the Lord was born in a cave was because that's what stables actually look like. I know. I was thinking it looked all shed-like. <laughs> I know. This hidden place only to be found by a star. Friend, are you in a hidden place, but it's not a good place of hiding? Are you in the darkness? Are you in a place like Adullam's cave in 1 Samuel 22? Do you know the main thing that can grow in a cave? It's mushrooms. I don't know if that's positive or negative for you. I guess if you've got an allergy, it's negative, isn't it? What's growing in the dark? What thing is growing in the dark place of your life? Is it worry? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it overwhelm? Or is the light of the Lord shining brightly in your place of hiding? You know, in the cave of Adullam, that became a place of sanctuary. So the cave where the Lord was born, I'll tell you about this cave. It was a place, this cave of Adullam was a place of distress. It was a place of debt. It was a place where those who were bitter in soul gathered together. They were discontent and disappointed. They found life in solidarity together, all in that low place. Yet let me tell you about another place that was carved into a cave. It was the tomb where Jesus' body lay for three days, undisturbed, undisrupted until that mighty earthquake when the stone was rolled away when there was a massive sound as the stone rolled back as Jesus body began to breathe again resurrection life coming back out of a place of darkness friend if you felt like there's you've been in a cave season or you felt like there's been darkness, or you felt like the only thing that could grow around your life is mushroom, however good or bad that is, where you've just felt the, the emptiness, the hollowness, and finding solidarity in a cold and damp place, I believe that the Lord is shining his light, like, he, like the Lord God shone the light of the star to be followed. As you followed the star, as you followed and inquired about the Lord, he's turning places of dampness, of coldness, of distraction, of debt, of despondence and disappointment into glorious, shining light. If you've been in the dark, can you see the star? Have, this, have the words this morning, has the worship this morning shone a light upon your heart to bring you to the glory and the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ? And so we can respond this morning like the wise men who saw, who fell, and they opened their treasure chest. Oh, but Anna, I don't have a treasure chest. You've got a heart. Open your heart to the Lord this morning. As you open your heart to him, you show the reality of the condition of your heart. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. I already told you, you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Another verse says that we're earthen vessels. Yes, we're made out of earth, but we're a vessel for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So as we 
Look at that question again. What are you searching for? And how will you know you found it? I want to tell you that this morning there is a place for salvation. Maybe you've known Jesus before or maybe you've never known him and you've not given your life to him. In a moment, I will give a call and you can respond to the Lord Jesus for the first time or to give your life to him again. Maybe you've come off course and you want to return to him. You've been searching for him and now you want to find him. And Jesus, he was clothed in humanity. He came to earth as a baby, a tiny little baby, helpless and crying, I'm sure. (laughs) He was clothed in humanity to remove all human limitations. So as we open our hearts before him, there's a moment of response where we can open our hearts and prepare a home for the Lord, where there's been limitation before, that we can step into resurrection life, where we can step out of the cave and out of the dark into resurrection life. And that, I believe, is what the gift of Christ is all about. Meeting him, Knowing him, living a life full of signs and wonders and miracles and knowing that we will meet him again. In this waiting period, I believe that there is a call that you can answer. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.